Alice thought the whole thing very absurd, but they all looked so grave that she did not dare to laugh. And as she could not think of anything to say, she simply bowed and took the thimble, looking as solemn as she could. The next thing was to eat the comfits. This caused some noise and confusion, and all the large birds complained that they could not taste theirs, and the small ones choked and had to be patted on the back. However, it was over at last, and they sat down again in the ring and begged the mouse to tell them something more. You promised to tell me your history, you know, said Alice, and why it is you hate the X, C, and D. She added in a whisper, half afraid that it would be offended again. Mine is a lone and a sad tale, said the mouse, turning to Alice and sighing. It is a long tale, certainly said Alice, looking down with wonder at the mouse tail. But why do you call it sad? And she kept on puzzling about it while the mouse was speaking, so that her idea of tail was something like this. Furry said to a mouse that he met in the house, let us both go to law, I will prosecute you, come, I'll take no Daniel, we must have a trial, for really this morning I've nothing to do, said the mouse to the cur, such a trial, dear sir, with no jury or judge, would be wasting out breath, I'll be judge, I'll be jury, said a cunning old furry, I'll try the whole cause and condemn you to death. You are not attending, said the mouse to Alice severely. What are you thinking of? I beg your pardon, said Alice very humbly. You had got to the fifth band, I think. I had not, cried the mouse sharply and very angrily. And not, said Alice, always ready to make herself useful and looking anxiously about her. Oh, do let me help you undo it. I shall do nothing of the sort, said the mouse, getting up and walking away. You insult me, but talking such nonsense. I didn't mean it, pleaded poor Alice, but you are so easily offended, you know. The mouse only growled in reply. Please come back and finish your story. Alice called after it, and the others all joined the chorus. Yes, please do. But the mouse only shook its head impatiently and walked a little quicker. What a pity it wouldn't stay, sighed the lorry, as soon as it was quite out of sight, and an old crab took the opportunity of saying to her daughter, Ah, my dear, let this be a lesson to you never to lose your temper. Hold your tongue, ma, said the young crab a little snappishly. You are enough to try the patience on an oyster. I wish I had our dinner here. I know I do, said Alice, loud, aggressive, 
addressing nobody in particular. She soon fetched back. And who is Dina? If I might venture to ask the question, said the lorry. Ellis replied eagerly, for she was always ready to talk about her pet, Dina, our cat, and she's such a capital one of the catching mice you can't think, and oh, I wish you could see her after the birds, why she'll eat a little bird as soon as it look at it. The speech caused a remarkable sensation among the party. Some of the birds hurried off at once. One old magpie began wrapping itself very carefully, remarking, I really must be getting home. Um, night hair doesn't suit my throat. And a canary called out in the trembling voice of its children, Come away, my dears, it's high time you were in bed. On various pretexts, they all moved off, and Alice was soon left alone. I wish I hadn't mentioned Dina she said to herself in a melancholy tone. Nobody seems to like her down here, and I'm sure she'll the best cat in the world. Oh, my dear Dina, I wonder if I shall ever see you any more. And here poor Alice began to cry again, for she felt very lonely and low-spirited. In a little while, however, she heard again heard a little pattern of footsteps in the distance, and she looked up eagerly, half hoping that the mouse had changed his mind and was coming back to finish his story. <laughs>